0: to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for October 3rd of 2014. I'm Ryan Wilson.
1: I'm Cameron Walsh.
0: And we are picking up where we left off. We are doing divisional previews. Um, so far we have done the Metropolitan Division and the Central Division. And now we will take care of the Pacific Division. And first up, the Anaheim Ducks.
1: I like this team. I like what they've got. Um, Kessler, what can you say? And um, It'll be interesting to see what happens in that, to be honest.
0: Well, they have Anderson. And I truthfully believe that Gibson will be their guy. I'm a big believer in him. I think he... um, He's got the pedigree. It's it's always tough to predict young goalies, but I would. Um, here's the thing with goaltending. And if you've uh, listened to this podcast, you know exactly where I stand on this. The cheaper the goaltending you can get and get league average goaltending, the better. And I think John Gibson is more than capable of giving you um, league average goaltending dirt cheap. So I think that's a win for them.
1: Does B-squared actually give him the opportunity to, to become the number one, though? I don't think he's ever really handed his goaltenders particularly well. You think back to when he was in, in Washington, um, Gibson might not get enough games for him to prove that he can be the guy come playoff time, because we both think that oh, I'm going to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, my, my thought process was that Gibson will be the number one moving into game one of, of the playoffs. So, um It'll be interesting to see how he handles that because he'd be cheap as. I mean, not like Anderson's expensive either. So it's not like they're they're really spending a lot of money in the position, pretty much the way you, you'd like it to go. So they're they're kind of a, a perfect example of how it should go. Well, they're loaded up front. Uh huh. And and it's not like their back six are terrible by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, it's a well constructed. It's a well-constructed team. They just have to have better success in in the playoffs, and adding Kessler really helps them try to achieve that.
0: Yeah, they've lacked a, um, a number two center yeah, the last few years. And,
1: and, and that's cost them against
0: teams that have that number two center. Kessler will provide that, no doubt about it. Um, and, quite frankly, the number uh, three center, I love Andrew Cagliano, is, yeah, dude, I really um, I, I I like watching him play. He he is so fast and he's effective in the role that he plays in. Um, I like I like their uh, their center depth now. Before it used to be um, Saku Koivu in that second center spot at times, and you know he was he was towards the end. Um, but Kessler, what a huge upgrade!
1: Yeah, and that's that's not a that's not a crack on on Koivu, It's just you get there and go, it's a really really big upgrade, and it, it was almost like the number two center role. It just got beyond him a little bit, Koivu, and not not fault of his. Obviously, everyone's play declines as they get get a little older. So, um, yeah, jumping in with with Kessler, and I, I think they got an absolute steal in that situation. Like, I've no idea what's going on in in, in the other city in Vancouver, but Anaheim for mine. A, they should get number one in, in the division again. And they'll go very close to getting um, the most points in the in entire league. I think, to be perfectly honest. They, they're that good for me. So you expect more of the same from last year? I, I do. For them specifically, yes.
0: Well, Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry are two favorites of mine. Yes, you do salivate. Um, there are not many better duos in the entire league. So, you know, you have, you, you're have top-heavy there. You, you got Ryan Kessler below them. Here's where Anaheim's success will hinge on this year, uh, at least a little bit. Do the young guys step up? Do, does Jacob Silverberg step up? Does Emerson Edom step up? Uh, those Those are the kind of guys that, if they have really good years... Watch out for the ducks.
1: I'm bullish on both of those guys. I think that they will.
0: Okay, well, I, well, those are uh, I would I would say the hinge guys for them.
1: Yeah, because oh, I've liked Silverberg since he was back in Ottawa when he was you know just developing and just getting limited time. So um, oh, I think Anaheim did really well on that Bobby Ryan Bobby Ryan trade to get him over there, and and Edom looks like he's going to be going to be at least a little bit better than average. So I. As far as hinge guys go, I, I think they're, I think they're going to be tick and tick for, for home.
0: And I think those guys will have opportunity this year with with um, Koivu and Solani moving on to, yeah, you know, kind of. Oh, well, speaking of which, I, I suppose we should. Solani's uh, autobiography, throwing some daggers towards Bruce Boudreaux and the Ducks, but, um, or did you not catch any of that?
1: No, no, I I caught some of the quotes and stuff like that. Um, Nah, they were garbage for me. Yeah, but you can get away with that if you're slony. It's not going to tarnish his reputation or anything along those lines. People will just take it that he was jacked, that he didn't get the minutes he wanted and move on.
0: Oh, Ryan Getzleff disagreed. Of course he would. He said he was pretty pissed off, and I don't blame him.
1: No, he has every right to be pissed off. He's... You know, he's bagging out his team. Getzler has every right to be ticked. And, you it's know, such it's such a, a funny... tough
0: spot when a Hall of Fame guy decides to stick on. Yeah. When he's not putting the numbers up, and I everybody's kind of got to be like,
1: uh... <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I would have done what Salani done, but it's not in the long run. It's not gonna well, does not gonna tarnish what he does or what he did. No, or no, we're he... not
0: looking to to bury him. Um. I, I will never fault the guy for continuing to play and earning money because that's their livelihood. But True. you need to accept your role if
1: Which you're going did.
0: to do that. And I don't think he clearly, according to this stuff, he did not.
1: Same with Marty Brodeur last year.
0: Yep. And he's unemployed right now. Funny that. Unemployed but wanting to play. So that's pretty yeah. damning. But um, we, as far as Anaheim's defense, I like Sammy Vatnin to step up and um, contribute some offense. He, he's always played on the, the, the international finish teams, and, he, and he's always done pretty well. And I look for, for him to, to step into a bigger role with the Ducks this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I can, I can see that happening as well. There'd be no reason. If players progress the way they should, like in at least a linear fashion going up, I couldn't see why he, he shouldn't do exactly what you've just said. It would be surprising if he didn't.
0: I like Boschman, I like Fowler. If that does does his so, thing.
1: Boschman's so underrated, I think. I don't think he gets the respect in regards to what he can do um, that he deserves, to be honest. He doesn't.
0: And then uh, Hampus Lindholm. He's really under the radar, if he can contribute at all. And a lot of these guys I've mentioned are Vattenen's 1.2 mil, Lindholm's 900K. I mean, we're talking, Ducks got some money to spend.
1: They, they have to be correct? cheap. All, all their money's front-loaded. All their money is loaded up to the front end of the... They got nine
0: million cap space. They could do some damage.
1: And, and that flexibility is, is one of the reasons why their their GM should be lauded a little bit more than he is.
0: Well, maybe he's being tied by ownership. I don't. I don't know that. But maybe they have an internal thing going on.
1: I, I think one of the things that would be frustrating for them is is Sheldon Suray. Yes, he's old, but he could contribute if he could ever get his wrist right. And he's toast. I don't think he'll play again. Oh. I
0: haven't really followed his situation closely. I just know if he's on the power play, he's going to scare the crap out of people that are trying to block his shot.
1: Well, I don't think he's going to be able to hold a stick again and be able to do that. I I, I would be very surprised if he, he manages to get back on the ice, which is sad. It's sad when you know injuries pull a guy's career out from under him, because he could still contribute. So it sucks a bit, but yeah, they do have enough depth through through their back six to to fill it. I mean, you know, a guy that I always like purely because of his nickname, like Ben Lovejoy, um, it, I, he will be in and out of that lineup, and I don't think that's a bad thing that he's out. If you know what I mean, if he's constantly in, oh, if he's a
0: bottom pairing guy. He's
1: fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. If if he's out of the lineup, they've obviously found someone that's a little better, so their depth is is improved. So that's sort of what I meant.
0: Where do you have them?
1: I have a number one. I, I can't see them. I can't see them losing enough games to not garner enough points to win the division.
0: I have them three.
1: Okay, well this will be interesting as we go through because I want to see who you've got ahead of them.
0: <laughs> I think you can figure out the, yeah, what's the, the or- two teams, <laughs> but maybe not the order of
1: those. What's two the teams. order? Yeah, that's the. That's the interesting part. All right, so we'll move on from out I've got them one, you've got them three. I think next in the alphabetical order would be Calgary.
0: Yes. Um.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm not,
0: like, super down on them in the sense that, like, I think they're a hopeless bunch. I just – they're just kind of in this gray area right now where – I, I I just can't see them making a, a, a run at the playoffs.
1: Are they in that annoying position where they, they could very well end up ninth, but could also end up 12th? And that doesn't help them in regards to trying to improve via the draft. And, and it's one of the things that can happen with some of these Canadian teams. They're always expected to push for the playoffs. And, and their roster... Doesn't really excite me for doing exactly that. So it's a tough it's a tough spot for them. They'd need some of their young guys to really step up and, and jump a couple of spots in the roster, I suppose, before you could say that they, they're going to do that. And they've got some they've got some some reasonably serious injuries that might hold a few guys back. So
0: Well, I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> to be honest. They got some really okay young players that I'm, like, excited to watch play, like Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, and Sean Monaghan. But then they they go out and they sign Brandon Bollig and freaking Derek Englin.
1: Yeah, but we know the influence there. We know where that's come from. I I understand
0: that, but, like, they're (laughs) doing, like, some good things, and then they're, like, doing the
1: polar opposite, and it's like, They're not sure, you're right, they're not sure where they're at and then that's probably their problem. They don't know where they are and and so they're floating around. I'm not a a big fan of of their coach, to to be perfectly honest. I don't think he's he's good at developing young guys and they've got some quality young talent there that, that needs to have a chance to blossom and that could be their problem. Their youth might hit a wall, like hit a ceiling that's too early. Um, because of their coach, because he's there to win. He's not there to help grow and develop some youth and and bring the guys through. He's there to to get as many wins as he can. And if, if guys, young guys, make mistakes early in the year, their ice time might shrink very quickly.
0: Yeah, that that's, this should not be that team. You're absolutely correct. I mean, I'm just looking like Derek Englund. I remember when Bob McKenzie tweeted out that <laughs> contract. <laughs> and i may or may not have spit liquid onto my keyboard as i was drinking <laughs> like i thought it was 3 years
1: 2.9
0: yes. million and i totally. when they said that i'm like wow they overpaid for this guy <laughs> and then i found out it was per year and i'm just like holy cow
1: I'm looking at I'm looking at their back six right now. I don't mind TJ Brody and I don't mind Chris Russell uh, and Dennis Wideman Dennis Wyman's you know he is quite good. Yeah, that's right. But, but Giordano
0: is, is a legitimate dark yes. horse Norris candidate that's underappreciated. Yep.
1: Totally, agree. he is
0: a great defenseman. So they have yep. that. Smead is yep. kind of a blend in, Yeah, whatever. Um, Oh, it's such a strange lineup. You got like the you got the Mason Raymond who played for Toronto last year at a mil. You're paying him three mil. Basically, what Calgary is doing right now is paying for past successes. They're 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 not paying for future success. Like Mason Raymond at one mil or one point one mil last year is, is good value. Yeah. It's really kind of stretching it at 3.1 and I'm not saying he, he can't live up to that but like it's it's,
1: it's, it, really it's hard a
0: ceiling value.
1: It's really hard in this this day and age. I think with the way contracts are designed if you can because you're right, Calgary have played for past success for a few guys. England have just paid in too much but if you look at the if you if you look at the past success theory That should work for players coming off that bridge contract. So um, a good example would be Subban. Montreal decided to go for a bridge contract. They're now paying a truckload of money for past success with Subban. But that's okay because he was a Montreal Canadian. That makes sense to me. What you shouldn't do is pay for past success for a guy that's coming into your organization. I don't think that's going to work in the cap era, and we'll see in the next five years or, or whatever. We'll see how that pans out and whether you know that little thought process is right or not. But there have been that Calgary aren't alone in this. There have been teams that have, have definitely overpaid for past success with players that have left another club and have come into theirs, and they're going to find that when the young guys start to get good on their team if those contracts are over three years long, and I'm not sure what Mason Raymond's is, if those contracts are over three years long, they're suddenly going to get really squished against the cap, and they might have to trade guys away for nothing, or they might lose a guy in UFA when they they shouldn't have.
0: Well, here's the thing they have in their favor. They have $15 in cap space.
1: Do you think they'll push to go to the cap ceiling when they get, you know, when they get where, to a point where they should, you know? Because, I mean, Ottawa definitely doesn't want to go near the cap ceiling. Oh, no,
0: no, no, no. Every Canadian team will spend at the cap. Ottawa and that crazy-ass Eugene Melnick is a different story.
1: He's the exception to the rule. Yes, okay.
0: yes, he is. Why? Calgary will spend at the cap if the, if it's appropriate. Yeah. It's not it's appropriate smart.
1: now, so I don't no, blame them. It's smart not to. Why throw money away for the sake of throwing one,
0: one area where I think they made a major improvement, that they have Jonas Hiller as a goalie. And um I think he's an underappreciated guy around the league. And I'm not sure why Anaheim treated him like such crap. Because
1: well they well think they in the playoffs. That's all it was.
0: Did, Actually, they no, have two young guys in the pipeline? So I can kind of understand why they would move on from him but that was a murky departure I don't think it had to be that
1: I look two, two things I have a feeling the franchise didn't think he could play well in the playoffs and I've heard inklings well heard I've read inklings that he wasn't the greatest of teammates so when he became a UFA and they feel like they've got two legitimate players to replace him makes sense to let him walk and they're cheaper options
0: well certainly have cheaper options and i and i do think one of the the big things that he's overcome uh, the the vertigo thing was uh, unfortunate because yeah uh if you remember around the 2010 olympics that guy was one of the best goalies on the planet
1: yeah and nailed him at just the wrong time in his career
0: yeah um, I think he'll do well for them and he'll improve them. Um, how much? I don't know. Where do, where do you have the Calgary Flames?
1: Uh, look, I've got them last. Okay. And, and I've only got them last because I think the team that's ahead of them has to show some form of improvement that will just get them points-wise above Calgary. That's all. Okay. So I, more, I
0: have them as a coin flip with the next team we're about to talk about.
1: For which I think is...
0: Place. Yeah. Which that's, is... Yeah. Edmonton. Edmonton. Um, yeah. Yeah, Edmonton.
1: I don't know what's going on in this organization. They've been so bad for so long. Why haven't they been able to sort it out? Admittedly, they, they haven't been as lucky as some teams to get legit um, franchise-changing generational players. They've got some good players there, but you know, it's not like they, they got a it's not like they got no Vetchkin. it's not like they got a stand coast You know yeah, that's
0: got... the thing. They got three what, they get three number one picks in a row. Yeah,
1: Something and they just crazy won't... like that. Yeah, and he just wasn't the sort of player that you get there and go, well, he's going to carry this team from wherever he, wherever they are to the playoffs. They just, and it's just an unfortunate time to end up bad. It just sucks.
0: It's it's a luck thing, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to have your bottom six forward grouping be a complete waste case, which is what it's oh. been. Yep. Um,
1: how do they how do they go about fixing it?
0: I think. Um well you gotta you gotta get some value signings and you know, hire people that help you with those decisions. And I think they, they did it. they did hire one of the best statistical analysts on the blogosphere with Tyler Dello. Um, yeah,
1: here's here's
0: the thing with that. Tyler does great work. He knows his stuff. He he's he may be abrasive at times uh, publicly with you know people that he converses with, but um, that doesn't change the fact he's he's very smart and and good at what he does. Hiring him doesn't fix things though if the GM doesn't heed his advice.
1: I, I think they will purely because. He has no bones about being abrasive and stating his opinion. So I, I think he will force them to listen be, because of that. I like you know you hear you, you would read people going they've just hired him so they can shut him up and get him away from being negative to the Oilers. If if they're smart and you're hoping they are, they will listen to what he says and he will be able to get them. Value for value for money and and get that bottom six and that bottom D pairing Improved and, and fill their depth out because they've got some high-end talent. It may not be the top end like the top top stuff Taylor you know, they, Well, yeah, he'd be the one guy that you'd say is but you look at you look at Nuge and you look at Yakupov They have the potential to get there, but they've just something's gone a little bit wrong
0: What they did make a nice trade for Perron
1: yeah, I agree with that. That was a good deal.
0: They did sign Benoit Pouliot. Maybe for a little bit much, but he'll help with depth.
1: Is it is it a hard and fast rule that if you're the Oilers, you're going to have to overpay?
0: For now, yes. But not if they're winning. Winning cures yep. all. If they're a winning team, people will want to come to them. People say that about Buffalo too, but guess what? When Buffalo starts to win again, people are gonna want to be there.
1: Because the the thing that I hear is that, you know, Edmonton's just a harsh place to live because of the weather. What is it with Buffalo that makes that being a problem? Is it the same sort of thing, but just not as harsh?
0: Oh, <laughs> Western New York, uh, where I am, is. Um not great weather
1: okay no, no, no. i'm asking I'm, I'm on the wrong side of the world to be trying to point fingers at weather
0: winning solves <laughs> weather
1: yeah correct you're, you're exactly right i mean what do you expect what do you why expect why, why does
0: florida suck then
1: no and that's that's the thing i was talking to um i was talking to someone if florida uh, Colorado, was great you don't think people yeah. would love to play there but I, like i was talking to someone about this yesterday there's i I cannot work out why hockey players do not want to go and play in in florida whether it be tampa or or, or the panthers or go and play on the west coast why it was a struggle for a while to get people to play at san jose and stuff like that because think about what you've got in regards to conditions to live in i just it baffles me i just do not understand why players don't want to go to, to those particular geographical areas it just it doesn't make any sense to me you get to play a sport you love you get paid millions and you get the benefit of basically having summertime weather 12 months of the year it's just you know weird
0: I think it comes down to a lot of variables can the team win but um, if
1: everyone loads up that way yes they can
0: well yeah sometimes it does but can they win you know
1: it's I, a, actually, I was going to ask before I got sidetracked with weather. Um, Dry Sidle, what are you expecting out of him?
0: I actually have him as my Holder? Calder winner.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. They desperately need a, a number two center. And apparently, That's he's it. having a pretty good camp and um, likely to make the roster, dare I say? And if he slots awesome. in behind there, let's hypothetically say that Hopkins, Hall, and Eberly are the first line, which would be extremely overloaded. But you know he's you know he's still going to get to play with like a guy like Perron and uh, either Teddy Purcell or Pouliot or. Or no, sorry, yes. Neil Yakupov's still in the mix, yeah. so they he's are, he's
1: gonna be in a good spot. they with if he makes the team and contributes well as a second line center, not as a, a second line, a third line center being forced to play third just because of how young he is. They're so deep down the middle, like they, they've got some depth. I mean, you know, Boyd Gordon, um, they they look they look alright. Mark Acabello I I never say that name right. Will Acton, they've got guys that can fill that center slot. And you'll hear a lot of people say, in regards to your, 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 your forwards, center's the most important thing. You build around the pivot. So um, if he can hold that second-line center spot, you're right. He gets a chance to play with Yakupov. And he can fly. So um, this team should improve. They should improve.
0: Their shortcoming of good defense. Justin yeah. Schultz is overrated. Andrew Ferrance isn't, um, he's on his, uh, back nine.
1: Yeah. Well, he's 35. He's my age.
0: They don't I'm have asking. a number one deep.
1: Kiflo literally. He's not there yet. They, they
0: don't have a number one defenseman. They don't have a number two defenseman.
1: Yeah, but their number one and number two are like 21 and under. You know, Donnell Nurse and Oscar Keflum probably should be playing together this season. Oh,
0: well, there's those guys, but I need, I need to see a sample size from them before I get too excited.
1: No, no, that's that's what I mean. You just play them together this year. Let them play together and make mistakes together and get used to doing that. Definitely, and they yeah. should improve. For yeah, sure. You're right. For this particular season, it's, it's just not
0: there. Goaltending, I'm fine with. Victor Fass and Ben Scrivens, average goaltending on the cheap. Perfect. That's...
1: All you ever ask for.
0: So they're fine there. Um, defense, short. They're a little short on that front. And it'll depend on um, their big dogs carrying them and uh, Leandre Seidel. And, you know, I picked What's him
1: for the Calder. I hope he does well. If he doesn't, really so funny. be it. What's really funny is you get there and you say their big dogs are going to carry him. You could say that about so many teams in the league so it's just one of those things where if those if their big dogs do develop the way they have to know, though
0: because their their top investments are those guys correct yeah
1: but they're not alone in that in that aspect if, if their top guys carry them I'm, I'm hoping to see some decent improvement
0: so you you have them second to last
1: yes but that's That's not because they haven't improved. That's just I think the other teams are still deeper. That's all.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're last or second to last, but that's, that's the area I have them. Yep. And if they're not that and they improve, well, then my Western Conference hockey viewing will be that much more exciting, and I welcome it. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, so I'm I'm <laughs> hey, prove me wrong. I, I, I want to watch some pretty great hockey, and I think it'll the Oilers great. have the potential to be very entertaining. So
1: it'll be Oilers of the 80s. It'll be like five, six games, four, four games, it'll be great.
0: So next Stanley Cup defending champions, Los Angeles Kings.
1: Right, right off the bat, do you have these guys number one? Yes. Yeah, I have them too. They're, they're, they're my second team. So the I reason just...
0: I have them number one is because in years past, when they marched on to the Stanley Cup Championship during the regular season, the regular season wasn't great. Um, 2011-12, they were the eighth seed. Last yeah. year, they weren't the one seed. But... They struggled through the regular season for whatever reason. They've always been a great possession team. Um, but they've always kind of lacked some offense with it. For Their shooting percentages were always, like, weirdly low.
1: Are you going with the statistical it has to get better?
0: No, I'm saying they fixed the problems going into
1: each Last of those year. years.
0: Yeah. Where I don't think they have to fix those problems anymore. And what I mean by that is, during 2011-2012, they traded for Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter was a spark that took them and gave them enough offense, and they made their way through and won a Stanley Cup. Obviously, those guys are still with them up to last year. But they were still having some offensive troubles during the regular season. So they decided to trade for Marion Gaberick. Great. Guess what? Their offense got a lot better. They're such He's a great cool. possession team. Now that they have those holes plugged, I mean, what more do they really need?
1: Well, it's, it's funny, you know, the start of the season... Jay Quick might be missing a few games because of his his wrist and recovering from his wrist. And they're going to want to obviously make sure that he's healthy. So he should probably miss a few more games than the timetable that they've got. At least I'd play it safe with him. Your argument with with Jonathan Quick is that he's being paid as an elite goalie and he's statistically not an elite goalie. So average. Yeah. I mean, they're getting average goaltending for more but everything fits in the cap you look at that roster that they've got at the moment and it won't i'm struggling to i'm struggling to find a hole in what they've got i like what they've got with their back six um as you said their their offense is is pretty sweet the question for me is at the start of the year can martin jones carry them for the time that clicks out and that's, that's what I've had.
0: Jonathan Quick's backup goaltenders have outplayed him in the last few years. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, up in arms over this. But Jonathan Quick is an average goaltender in, a, in, a, in an, in an above-average situation. And he's made the most of it. And good for him. He He deserves. Let me say this. His 2011-2012 playoffs was awesome. He deserved the Conn smythe Trophy. Um, but I do think that was a small sample size compared to his larger body of work. He got hot at the right time, and I think that skews the uh, perception because before the Stanley Cup Final um, this past year, he was on pace to be the third worst save percentage goaltender in the last 25 years to win the Stanley Cup
1: during uh, the playoffs. Out, just out of curiosity, with like you said, goaltending is always a tough one to judge. Do you take more value in save percentage? Yes. Or... Something, well, or, or something that's really hard to, to, to judge, the timely save. And you no. already just answered that. Yeah, you just answered it. You were pretty, you were pretty affirmative with that. Pretty
0: forceful. Just make the save. The, the save in the first period is equal to the save in the third. If you're not giving up the shit goal in the, in the first period, you don't have to make the great save in the third at all. Over the course of time, it all evens itself out. Just make the saves. Make, make makes logical sense. Don't get me wrong, there's dramatics, there's great saves. Any goalie in the NHL can have isolated moments of awesomeness. And I think that's what's lost with these goaltending arguments. Brian Boucher has the all-time record for shutout minutes in a row. Are we going to start going up and down and praising him as one of the best goaltenders of all time?
1: I see your point, but I think that's a bad example. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. No, well, yeah, what, I mean, like, he had a great stretch.
0: Yeah. But like you said, they But he high. wasn't a great goalie.
1: No. Just just quickly, um, Drew Duhati's only 24. <laughs> 24 and awesome. <laughs> I know. Like, their they're, they're oldest D-man's Robin Regeer at 34. Everyone else who's... Oh, Matt Green's 31, but everyone else that's going to anchor that back six is... Alec Martinez is the oldest at 27.
0: No, they've done nice. They got rid of Skidari. Smart boogers there. Um, Voinov's pretty good. Drew Doughty is uh, just terrific. Um, Jake Muzzin, really good. A guy that flew under the radar. um, Drafted by the Penguins. Kind of fell out of favor with them for whatever reason
1: Sorry, and sorry he's sorry. he's
0: climbed up to be uh dowdy's
1: partner so yeah and obviously he gets the benefit of playing with someone like Dowdy, but it's not necessarily that easy to play with someone like Dowdy. so he's done beautifully
0: i don't think he's dependent on dowdy i think he's a great complement to dowdy and if they separated them i think muslim would do okay
1: What wasn't trying to say that he's riding the coattails. It's just one of those things where sometimes those guys can be difficult to play with, and he's certainly done well with that. But, yeah, if you separated him, you're not going to see a massive drop-off in what Muzzin can bring you, if at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Here's the thing. Like, if, if Quick goes down with injury, I'm fine with Martin Jones taking over. Yeah, you're good with that. And them not missing a beat. And that's why this team is great. In the now. Moving forward, that quick contract's gonna look worse and worse. But in the now, they're they're covered on all ends. This this next year have to be one of the favorites for the Stanley Cup. And has anybody repeated since the cap got Put in? I don't no.
1: think they have I think the closest we've had to a repeat Would have been the 08 And then the 09 um, Detroit Red Wings Well I think G- LA
0: has the potential To do that
1: So. Yep I have them first Well they're second for me And yeah like, like Look for me that's a coin flip
0: No I'm I, I can understand that well, yeah, our...
1: next up. Well, next up, we've got Dan as the Phoenix Coyotes, but they're not that anymore. So, really, we should have done them after Anaheim, <laughs> didn't we?
0: Yeah, now that you mention it, um, <laughs> right. damn, damn them Phoenix. The Phoenix, the freaking Phoenix Coyotes are next. <laughs> that's 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 what we're doing next. The 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 Phoenix Coyotes.
1: Um. I don't know what to think with this team.
0: They're so well coached. So there's that. Um, Defense-wise, they got some really nice guys. Yes, Ekman they do. Larson uh, is yeah. one of the younger pushing towards elite defensemen. Keith Yandel, perfect kind of under-the-radar offensive defenseman. I'm not
1: really sure why they're always looking to move him. Um, Zabene Pekalik? I think I saw someone post something about just some underlying numbers with Yandel in that when players play away from him, they're they're better off um, with their course. I could be wrong. That might be why. That might be why. um, Someone did something where they um, did with uh, with and away And um, I think Yandel, whoever was with Yandel, was worse off. Um, And that might be why. Like, you know, Phoenix have to be clever with what they do. (laughs) And I think they've been pretty pretty quick on the whole jumping on the step. They've been quiet about it. But I think they were quick on that sort of stuff. That would be the only reason I could think of, because he has the perception of being quite good. I agree. This team,
0: though like it's it sums everything up perfectly everybody ignores this team (laughs) just where they are what they do and then all of a sudden they're in the playoffs
1: (laughs) yeah just quickly who's their best player not most important different question
0: best player yeah I think it's Ekman Larson
1: yeah I agree Who's their most imp- who's their best forward? Joe Vitale. <laughs> <laughs> at least you mean seriously. Sorry. Sorry,
0: Joe. Um it's not Shane Doan, that's for damn sure. Well, um, you dodge
1: the guy they traded for, wouldn't you?
0: I'm looking at their forwards now and
1: Uh, Boddicker, maybe... Sam Gagne, I mean, gee, I'd never say that. Sam Gagne is is talented. I mean, I know he's never reached the potential that everyone thought he could.
0: Well, I think we can agree here. They don't have many high-end forwards.
1: No, but because they're coached so well, the fact that they're pretty balanced all the way through from line one to four, they kind of get away with that.
0: I mean, Mike Ribeiro must have been doing some really sketchy shit for them to drop him, pay him yeah. $1.9 million to, to get the hell out of there.
1: I don't get that.
0: I, 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 I'm I not even going to get into <laughs> what that could have been, but I'm not a huge Mike Ribeiro guy, but like he can make plays. And I yeah. look down their forward lineup, and I'm like, how many of these guys can make plays?
1: Yeah.
0: And they no, told just... them to peace out. And they're, you know, one of the reasons they're a stock is because they're always bankrupt without an owner, yada, 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 and they're paying a guy $1.9 to go play somewhere else.
1: Yeah, something tells me I can't say the rest of the league being happy with that.
0: <laughs> but... I don't know. I wish I had more to say about this team. I just don't.
1: Look, I, I, it rides. It rides in net for me. If Mike Smith stays healthy. They've got a boxer's chance of, of making that. Making that other well, that fifth, you know, wild card position. They've got that chance. Um, he goes down at all, and this isn't so much a crack at Devin Dubnik. They're screwed because the gap between Dubnik and Smith is so large, that. That's where it starts to become a bit of a mess.
0: Yeah, Mike Smith, well, Phoenix is weird in this, that their goalies always seem to play really well. You saw Brisgalov leave there.
1: It became messy after that. Yeah.
0: Um, will Thomas Grice leave Phoenix and DMS in Pittsburgh? I don't know. So far, his starts in Pittsburgh have been really good he has a a 944 save percentage in the preseason but
1: uh... but that's the same thing happened with briz as well (laughs) started well and then it went south real quick so let's uh let's hope as uh you and i being penguins fans that doesn't happen where do you have arizona (sighs) uh i have them is there only seven in this division um, yes, I have them. I have them as, as fifth. I it's tough for me, and these are a coin. This is a coin flip between them and Vancouver. To be honest,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm not uh, a bit like you. They're a bit of a sort of a team. There's nothing there to sort of get you excited, except for OEL, and other than that, you go. Well, why would I bother watching them? And that's probably half their problem in regards to one finding a fan base. And, and two, an owner's going to have to come in with a lot of money and be willing to throw it into the marketing and, and everything like that to get this team popular in Phoenix. Sorry, Arizona. I mean, Phoenix. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, it's tough. It almost feels like this team should move to a different market, but the NHL seem determined to make it work.
0: I have them for
1: So I'm assuming you have them in front of Vancouver. Because Dave Tippett, that's pretty much it. Because he's one of the best coaches going
0: around? He just always seems to pull the most out of that team. Yep. Next
1: on the list
0: is one of the more interesting teams in
1: all of hockey. This offseason has been baffling
0: the San, San, San Jose San Sharks, <laughs> they have a great thing going as long as this yep. Doug Wilson guy doesn't screw it up.
1: Yeah, totally agree. It's, you, you look at that roster and they're so settled and, and comfortable with each other. And people are either in their prime or just sticking on the other side of their prime. And, and you just go... It, you just want, I Look, I just like this team to do well, to be honest. Because I like I like the way they play. They're good fun to watch. They did well last year. Yeah, but they didn't win the Stanley Cup, and, and that's what they're judged on at the moment. That's what they've been judged on the no, last No, they lost years. a seven-game series against the team that did. Yeah, it's how they lost it that everyone complains about. Well, here's the thing about that.
0: They lost their best defenseman for the last few games of that series, and and Mark Edward Vlasic.
1: I don't Vlasic like anywhere near enough credit. No,
0: he's a Norris caliber defenseman in my opinion, yep. but I view the Norris a little bit differently than the the voters do. Um, he takes on hard assignments and thrives in them. Underrated guy. They Ooh. lost him. And they lost the series. I'm not saying his his void in the lineup was the sole reason for it, but I mean. What, what, I, what, what if I took what if I took Drew Doughty from the Kings?
1: The the thing with Flaherty is he plays thirty minutes a game. The puck moves through him. You lose that puck mover, and you're in trouble. That's the reality of the situation. They're. Their back six is good with Vlasic, it's average. Without Vlasic, it's average. So it, it becomes a massive hole. You take anyone's number one out.
0: Yeah, what if, we one. what if we take Doughty from LA? Are they beating San Jose?
1: Well, no. They San Jose probably win that series in five or six. I mean, they were three zip up.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like This yeah, overreaction no, is absurd.
1: Yep. No, I agree. It just it just seems that something always seems to go wrong for San Jose, and it's it's like it, it is what it is. You, they should stay the course with what they've got. Taking the the sea off Joe Thornton is just asinine. You know, yeah, we discussed it uh, earlier in, in the the off season, but I mean they have moved Brent Burns back into the back six, which I think is interesting. I don't know why you'd want to change what was a good thing. I think uh, it's better I, I
0: would have t- kept them up there.
1: Yeah, Better the devil you know rather than well, there's every chance he may end up back in the back in the, the front six but I mean there's they're a good roster there's not a lot to say. I mean the only thing you might sit there and scratch your head out is anti- Niemi but Stalock can certainly step in and, and, and be the solution to what people consider a problem. So
0: well the under the underachieving shark's narrative, i think is wrongly attached to thornton and patrick marlowe
1: but thornton's carried that his entire life
0: yeah i don't know why he's he should be talked about with the top guys in the league every year that guy is so good and so underappreciated yeah okay i have a stat during the joe thornton patrick marlowe era um during the playoffs, they have gotten a save percentage of nine oh eight during yeah. the playoffs. Nine oh eight. And this is courtesy of uh fear the Finn on Twitter. Um that's ridiculous. But I don't care how AZ- good you are, nine oh eight that's that's crap.
1: The the thing is though, it was an easy narrative in regards to Thornton leaving Boston the way he did over to San Jose, it was easy for everyone to sit there and just – it's easy to blame. That's
0: why we have Thor- stats now, though, to, to, yeah. to, to throw these narratives into the ground and say, enough, stop with the narrative.
1: Yeah, the, the only people that this matters – it, it's funny, you, you get there with the – what you'd call the traditional media, and then you've obviously got the the blogging media that are, are utilising these stats to, to sort of put a stop to these narratives. But if the, if the management of teams don't look at these stats, then the stats are pointless because they're the people that need to pay attention to make sure they don't do something stupid like ship Thornton or ship bloody um, Marlow out instead of trying to solve the problem in net. That's the reality of the situation. They, they need to try and work out whether it's an improvement in technique in Niemi or, or stellar well, Niemi, really, whether they improve that. Um, it's weird with it's- Niemi,
0: though, because his even strength save percentage during the regular season is is okay. He won a Stanley Cup with Chicago in the playoffs. It should be okay. Um he hasn't been there the entire Joe Thornton Patrick Marlowe era, no, but of course not. I don't think he's performed as well as I think they want him to in the playoffs, which is why they even went to Stalock in the first place last year.
1: It's it's really it's really weird in that you know Niemi went from Chicago to San Jose, and you would legitimately sit there and think he was great. That's got to be the the one thing that gets them over the edge. It's the one thing that's gonna put them through, and then all of a sudden they lose Vlasic last year, and it all crumbles apart. And, and I I can't remember specifically, but I don't think Niemi was a tire fire through those all of those last four games to warrant Stella coming in. So they're an enigma in a sense. You get there, you look at the the roster they've got, and it's it's good. There's not really what you'd call a lot of holes. I mean, give it two years time and things will change, but they're still in a window of of, of winning a cup. That's the reality.
0: As long as they don't move some of their more important parts, they're in the mix for it. But some of their underlying moves this past off season, re-signing Mike Brown, signing John Scott,
1: Adam Bursch
0: is still on the team.
1: How does John Scott get a, a roster spot in this day and age? It, I, don't, I don't think San Jose really got pushed around in a sense that they got beat up. Yeah, they might have physically got nudged around, but John Scott's not going to stop that. He's not going to have a say in, in how that works. Seven or eight minutes on the ice isn't going to stop teams from roughing guys up and stuff. It's just a, I don't get it. It's a S If The they... other thing that I the other thing that I found really weird is um, they got there and didn't renew the contract of one Drew Remender. He's gone to
0: Oh they're announcer.
1: The Oilers, yeah, their special comments guy. He grates me a little bit, but he worked beautifully with Randy Hart. I don't understand why the the organization didn't stick with didn't stick with him. I, I think they are brilliant together those two. So It'll feel really weird watching West Coast games and having a different voice next to Hart.
0: No, I agree. I thought he did a nice job too.
1: He, he knows his stuff. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I, I, well, I got a little frustrated in regards to how he delivered his information at times, but you always learnt something after well, during every game, so it was good.
0: No, I agree.
1: Are we on to last but not least?
0: Or well, do you have San Jose? <sighs> I
1: have them fourth. Yeah. And like I said, it's that coin flip.
0: I don't see much change in them. They still have Thornton and Marlowe, regardless of if they tried to chase them out. Um, I have them second. Still a great team.
1: Hang on, hang on, I've got myself hang on, you're talking about San Jose. Sorry, I'd moved on to the other team. I've got San Jose third. Okay. Sorry, I'd moved on. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have him second. Although I gotta throw I gotta throw the the, the funny stat. We were kinda bagging on their bottom line. Um my former hockey buzz colleague Travis Yost, who's now with TSN <laughs> anti has more even strength points over the last two years than John Scott and Adam Burrish, and the same amount as Stephen Weiss. <laughs> so, yes, Doug Wilson, there you
1: are. <laughs> yes. it's They're wasted roster spots. And under a salary cap, you can't afford to do it these days. It's, it's the reality of the situation. You've got to get as much as you can out of each player. As soon as you, you've got someone that's dead weight, you're kind of screwed.
0: Nope. I still have him second, though. You have him third. I have him second.
1: So you have them ahead of Anaheim. I do. I'm, I'm assuming between the, the, the two of us here, we sit there and go. There could be ten points between one and three, if if that much. To be honest, I can't see there being more a more between
0: yeah. three and four.
1: Oh yeah, you yeah, know between three and four, between one and three, it, I, I think it's it's toss a coin between those three, and then it's toss a coin between four and seven, maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, we're getting into the toss a coin um, kind of thing with Vancouver right now. Who is yep. our next team? So
1: That's the last one.
0: Yep. Um. Well, they certainly went through a coaching change with um, Tortorella out. They're going to go with Willie Desjardins, who is um, on the Penguins' radar, but he, he chose the Canucks. I, th- I, th- I think he will be a good influence on the team. But they're in this weird area. Their best two players are in their mid-30s.
1: They're also untriedable. Well, no.
0: They're not, except they are.
1: (laughs) You could trade
0: one of them, except they're not gonna do that.
1: You gotta try both of them together.
0: Yeah, so they're stuck. So, you know, they're not as valuable of an asset as most normal players. Um Ryan Miller, I love him. I I've watched him up close for years. Um, but you know, I I'm I'm not in love with that contract. Um, poor Ryan Miller, though. He he continues to find himself on teams that are pushing Miller. towards the last playoff spot or rebuilding, but never can figure out what the hell they're doing.
1: Yeah, but he was a UFA. He he had a choice, and there were enough open roster spots on teams that were all right for him to to take a pay cut
0: well that's and... the that's the thing he he didn't have a choice as far as pay cut was concerned and he took the pay which
1: okay that's fine but you can't fault him for doing that at all
0: no 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 i will not be grudging for that but still not good goalie value so there's that
1: are these are the Canucks I don't think the Canucks will end up trading either the Sedin twins in any way shape or form so are they in this treading water mode until those two guys retire oh boy seriously like I can't see them being I know what you're
0: saying man you you raise a great point um Man, I think they're just going to handcuff that organization for a while.
1: That's what I'm I mean, They've got great service out of those two, and this isn't blaming the Sedins or anything like that. It's just you get there and you go, if they're not going to be willing to be separated to be traded to other teams, for because the, if they got separated and got traded to other teams, the Canucks could get some really good... Drafting assets or young talent back to suddenly sort of speed up a speed up a rebuild, but I can't. I, it ain't happening. happening. I, look, if, if that happens, then then they're off. But if, if the sedans are set in playing together and for one of a better way to think about it, winning a cup together, well, they're kind of screwed.
0: I think they're more screwed than that. And, and if we're being honest. They didn't do very well with getting rid of Luongo and Schneider for the value they got
1: back. Oh, that's, yeah, that's just. They had two pretty. They had two number one goalies, let's be honest. Yeah. And I got nothing back to Barth. And they, like, traded,
0: and they traded the freaking, the right one, Schneider, before they got rid of the other one. They wouldn't have a need for Miller if Corey Schneider was still there. Well, didn't I
1: also put Markstrom on waivers?
0: Yep, he's... Ah, Markstrom.
1: Let me tell you about
0: Jacob Markstrom. He's going to the beautiful city of Utica, New York. Also known as the armpit of New York. (laughs) I have nothing good to say about that city.
1: Really? You don't say?
0: No. I, I lost a state championship in uh, hockey and baseball and a state semifinal in hockey there. Utica is not on my <laughs> high list of anything. But aside from my personal losses there, it is just a desolate piece of crap city.
1: I had him tagged to to do something with his career, but it just never pieced together. Yeah, his career
0: actually started here in Rochester. He was a Florida prospect. I I went to a few Rochester American games where where he played, um, where he looked okay. And you you watch him go on to Florida and and other places, and it, it, it just didn't happen.
1: No, just, just, yeah. And it happens. I mean, and it's, and it's one just...
0: might say, you know, you, you didn't get things done. Welcome to Utica. No. Yeah. <laughs> Man, no one deserves that. It's a real hellhole.
1: So, this... It's, it's, it's funny, you know. If everything goes right for the Canucks, they can make the playoffs. They can be a fourth-place team with enough points to end up in the playoffs. It's just a question of what happens then.
0: Nothing. They can't make a run.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you, with the first year that LA got into the playoffs when they were eighth, I didn't think they could make a run with what they had, and oh. everything went click. So
0: I don't know about that. I think a lot of the stats community were championing the the uh the kings that year. I, I just don't see it with, with the Canucks. Um
1: I mean, it's, uh, they've got, some, it's got some good to they've got some good to great pieces. It's yeah just, Dan Ham
0: is an underrated really good defenseman. Obviously he made Team Canada and got ice time. Alexander Adler good defenseman Thank you. that's yep, the excellent fine defenseman. Spisa Christopher as well. Tanev. Okay,
1: so Rochester, I think we can Rochester,
0: New York, Rochester Institute of Technology defense. So.
1: <laughs> I I think we can agree their back six is fine. It's just the mishmash they've got up front that's the issue. And is it tweakable? Is it tweakable to be any good though? Is have they yes. got anything that they can, can get rid Benino
0: of? Can Nick from the Kessler trade make a difference? Can, can, can he step? The, can he step up? And you know,
1: can he he, he may outpoint Kessler.
0: To be honest, he's not a bad that, player.
1: But is that what you need? Because Kessler bought more than just out, uh, offensive output. Yeah, I don't know. He, they're gonna have
0: to have him do that.
1: They're an enigma. To be honest, for me, this this team. I mean, they could go either way. They could, if they stay healthy, which was something they really struggled with last year with key components of their team. If they can stay healthy, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs.
0: Well, whether there's, there's Bo Horvat and and Hunter Shanker, I don't know. Those are two young guys that they're they're
1: they're wild cards at this point well, in time. Fans of the Canucks have been waiting for Horvat to take that next step. So, I mean, he may well do so. And that gives them an an extra option. But it's an interesting year. At some point over the next three years, the management have got some tough decisions to make in regards to what they want to do. But right now, they're a team that can conceivably think they're a chance. Not that you and I do, but it's the reality of the situation.
0: They're in a... They're in that it's middle tough. ground you do not want to be in.
1: Yep. So. And every, te- every, every almost every team ends up in this situation, unless you're Detroit, who somehow managed to make the playoffs every year. But they're, they're in an interesting spot.
0: I have them fifth below Arizona.
1: Yeah, well, I'm the reverse. I've got them one above Arizona. It's that point flipping again. Yeah,
0: but semantics on that i mean we, sure. we were both pegging those two teams in the same area um personally i think the central is going to take five playoff spots so you're really yep. talking about yep. um, king sharks ducks and everybody yep. and, and they are uh, everybody else is kind of left out
1: so, yeah I've, I've, yeah if, even if vancouver and phoenix have good years i still see the central giving giving Five playoff spots to the the West. I, it, it, yeah. So. There's that.
0: And I suppose that does the Pacific.
1: I don't like the divisional setup. I really wanted to change the way they do the playoff seedings, but that's conversation for end of the year. Um, yeah, that's the Pacific done. Boom. So
0: basically. If you like what you hear, you want to support us, go to hockeyhurts.com. You're already planning on shopping with Amazon, which we all do. Click on the banner on our website. That'll filter money towards us. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It's uh, basically an affiliate program that we've set up. And if you click on the banner and then do your, all of your shopping after you've clicked through the banner, we we get a kickback. So um, that would be much appreciated. Um,
1: so yeah, there's that. I suppose it's just the it's just the call out. So it's uh, at Gunnerstall Stall for for Ryan and at Hockey Underscore Hertz for the the website twitter handle and i'm at walshy66 um you can look at uh, our articles and and stuff at, at HockeyHertz.com. um it's all sort of happening around now i mean it's great season's about to start things are going to start getting busier
0: absolutely don't be scared of those amazon banners click on them shop yes so until the next time i'm ryan wilson
1: i'm cameron walsh later. So